Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, it's lost. Whatever happened, happened. Season five, it's here. Uh, April eleventh, uh, April first. Sorry, that was the joke. Uh, a fool's <laughs> joke. April first, two thousand nine, is when it aired. Uh, this is Lost, season five, and we are back for another episode. The 97th ever episode of Lost. We're nearing the big 100. This is a Lost episode that is written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof and directed by the Bobby Roth. Oh, uh, yeah. I like Bobby Roth. So do I. Underrated Bobby. Yeah, not a bad guy. This is a Kate episode, our favourite character of all time. <laughs> This is episode 11 of season five. So we're past the halfway point. We're nearing the end uh, of season five. And yeah, uh, Kate is back, I guess. Uh, And my name is Noah. And hello, everybody. I'm from Australia. (laughs) So you better say rodents again. Uh, and my name is Ben and Juicebox. Oh, God. <laughs> Shut up, Aaron. Yeah, what an annoying Aaron episode this one was. Um, <laughs> Give him a juice box so he shuts up. <laughs> Milk. Juicebox. <laughs> my baby. Like son, like mother, right? Like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, whatever happened, happened. Um, it's, uh, as far as K episodes go, it's one of the better ones. I'll say that. Uh, I think I've only ever bought one K episode, I think, which is Tabula Rasa. But I'm not saying I buy this one, but there's a lot going on. And I would argue this isn't really even much of a Kate episode. The on-island stuff, yes, it involves Kate, but it's more of a continue on, like, Naveen Andrews killing Ben sort of episode. Um, but in terms of, like, character plot lines, this is one of the most important sort of episodes uh, for character progression for Kate. And I love the stuff with Cassidy and everything going on in the flashbacks. Uh, so all around, it's a pretty active, engaging episode. So I'm on board for whatever happened, happened. There's a lot going on here. 
Wow, this could be groundbreaking here on the Oz Network. Noah talks up a Kate episode. Um, I really like this episode. I think, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Kate fan, so I'm always on board with Kate. And I actually really like the sort of the flashback stuff we get. Like, I, I think Evangeline Lilly's amazing in this episode, and not just because she looks amazing. I think her acting in this episode is incredible. And, yeah, the Aaron stuff is slightly annoying. We'll get to faux Claire and terrible Australian accents, but... I, I actually really like how they kind of add this to Kate and kind of that this whole thing about Aaron and kind of why she's gone back to the island. I just, I, I really enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can go through my Kate episode. I know I think I binned the Little Prince last time around, but uh, I think pretty much I've bought nearly every Kate episode. So I'm the opposite of you. So, yeah, I, I'm fully on board with whatever happened, happened. Yeah, unfortunately, this is the big return of Carol Littleton. Uh, uh, Carol Littleton? Not the, not the worst of the flashback characters. I think that probably goes to Susan, right? Michael's uh, oh, girlfriend. Don't even talk but, about her. I uh, we blacklisted her name on this show. <laughs> yeah. But do you, do you think... I'm not saying this because this is the episode. This is a genuine question, I guess, but... Do you think Kate has the best sort of story of coming back to the island? I think it's at least in the top two. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say so. I mean, we, we joke about Claire and just disappearing and how kind of whatever she is, but I will say I like the fact that you've kind of got somebody who's willing to go to these lengths to check in on her and stuff like that. Like, we can bag her out as much as she wants, but they... I mean, we talked about Saeed last week about how he kind of just becomes useless and pointless. Like, I like how Claire is relevant still, even though we just haven't seen her for how long. So, yeah, I I, I would agree with that because I think it just – it's that emotional level of, of Kate that it kind of adds to it. I mean, she's gone through what she's gone through and what Kate did, what Kate does, all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you because I think it goes back to what I was saying about how I like this level of Kate and kind of the reasoning with Aaron and then going back to get Claire. So, yes, I would say yes. It's a yes from me, Noah. It's a yes from me. I do love, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I do love that when she meets with Carol, Claire's grandmother, she says, oh, we looked everywhere. <laughs> no, you didn't. look at all. She just left and you're like, oh, well, there, there goes the crazy Australian. <laughs> she literally didn't look anywhere. <laughs> so, oh, we looked everywhere. She was gone. Like, fuck off. <laughs> you didn't look anywhere, Kate. They, look, they looked harder for fucking Boone, didn't they? And he's been dead for a while. <laughs> Where's Boone? Look, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they look like for Vincent. Where is Vincent? <laughs> we haven't had Vincent for a while. They literally didn't look for Claire at all. Um, <laughs> but I guess we, like we were with Naveen, we're back with the sort of flashbacks, which I'm happy for. Like, I'm all for the jumping time zones and whatnot, but I like a good old traditional get to the flashback kind of thing. Me too. Uh, as, we, as we mentioned last week, the second Kate of the season, and she's the only one of season five to have two, which is kind of... Shocking, I guess. Uh, uh, not Carol. Uh, Charlotte never even had any flashback episodes. Okay, oh, what, what a shame. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll start with the the flashbacks. And it starts with Kate uh, heading up to Cassidy's door. Uh, 
Aaron is still a baby at this point, so it's very soon after the Oceanic 815 or Oceanic 6 sort of thing. Now, I don't know if we talked about this in Raised by Another, but I don't know the song, Catcher Falling Star. Was this sung to you when you were a kid? I don't think it was sung to me as a kid, but I know Catcher the song. Falling Star. Well, I mean, clearly they know all the Australian references. So, I mean, you know, we don't like peanut butter and everyone gets sung Catch a Falling Star to them as children. I mean, I know the song, but was it sung to me? No. I, I don't know if anything was sung to me. I could tell you. <laughs> oh, outside of Lost, I've never heard it any time. So, I don't oh, know. Your parents suck then. <laughs> uh, but she's off to visit Cassidy and... I mean, a bit of a coincidence, maybe, but I personally love the fact that they've tied this storyline. We we met Kate in season two in, I think it was what Kate does. We've Cassidy, remember, buying the chains at the service station. And then Cassidy was there with Sawyer during the, I think, the long con. I think it's just, yeah. Some people may view it as convenience or whatever. I love the way they combined those two storylines and the fact that not only did they combine them, they could have left it at season two, but they actually fulfilled on it. And they yeah. actually had an episode where Kate goes to Cassidy. And I'm not saying this in a sexual way, but Cassidy and Kate have such a great chemistry together. Ooh. Not in a... Well, I'm thinking that way now. No, I don't mean it like that, but they have such a... A chemistry like those two play off each other so well and the fact that they're here never in a million years any viewer watching season two would think oh yeah in three seasons we're gonna have kate going to visit cassidy and talking about sawyer like uh, just the way that they played off i think it's lost at its best really and the thing that i will add with that that i really like too with everything is that it just proves Ben Waterworth's point of that Kate and Sawyer should be together because of how connected they are. Like they've, you know, got all this kind of stuff happening around, uh, you know, their storylines. But I, I like, yeah, I'm with you. And I, I kind of like the moments here when, you know, Kate's basically explaining about Sawyer jumping out of the helicopter and she's just like, oh, he's, you know, so selfish or whatever. And he's like, what, running away from you because he can't face you or something like that. Like, it's just, it's just interesting. Like I just, I, I like, I, I know I bagged out last week about Sweet Valley High, but I, I guess I'm more into this because like, yeah, it's not Jin and Son. Yeah. It's not Desmond and Penny, but maybe I rank Kate and Sawyer as the third best couple in this show uh, that I can get on board with. And I'm very much team Sawyer Kate. So I like kind of the explanation and kind of Cassidy here trying to, I guess, explain you know, because she knows Sawyer as well. So I don't know. I like it. But I think it's kind of interesting the way that she says that, well, he's not a hero. He was running away. Like, mm. I can't, I, I don't view her as a bitch for saying that. I, when she says that, you're like, well, that's coming from somewhere. It doesn't feel like that's, well, she's yeah. being mean. I agree with that completely because, um, I mean, I guess we've all been in situations or no people or no situations where you can interpret it on different levels and i think that yeah like kate can view it one way but like all it takes is a conversation with one person to completely put thoughts into your head and change your mindset you could be adamant that the oz network is a great podcast and then all of a sudden you listen to any other podcast and you realize we're quite shit so um yeah like 
I, I'm with you. Like, I kind of, I like that sort of rep because, like, yeah, she, I mean, you could argue, like, she's been burnt by Sawyer, so she's going to be, you know, not Team Sawyer, which, fair enough. But at the same time, she knows him a lot better. I mean, Kate fucked him in a bear cage a couple of times and was stuck on an eye. I mean, did they ever just sit around and talk about their feelings? I mean, if they did, we didn't see it. So, I'm not saying Sawyer and Cassidy talked about their feelings either, but, I mean, he made her feel things. What? I don't know. And I mean, this... This cross, I mean, you can view it as sort of unrealistic or not, but, I mean, before I tell my story, but have you ever had any sort of cross like these flashback crosses before? Because I've had a very lost-style flashback cross, which is still to this day blows my mind. It's basically closer connected than Cassidy and Sawyer, really. So, so do you mean like if I met someone and then like in a few years' time I knew them because I met yeah, something else like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always like the story about you and I being in the same room in a Weird Al Yankovic concert uh, that we, yeah, you know. No, we had a lost cross, but um, we're also from Tasmania, so everyone's probably had one. Well, I think that's where that comes from, ultimately. It would be the Tasmanian connection. Um, yeah, I think if I thought, ah, lo- oh, sort of. Back in the day, the the artist formerly known as Louise, uh, the actress that I hired for many years to pretend to be with me, um, yeah, when I started dating her, it turned out that I had not hooked up with a friend of hers but, like, had sort of been involved with a friend of hers a couple of years beforehand and then kind of, I guess, when we become friends, it was like, oh, why are you a mutual friend with this person? I was like, oh, yeah, her and I kind of, you know, whatever. So, like, I mean, that's a, a mild version. I'd, I'd have to really think about, like, a, a bigger. So, I, I had a, I mean, it's not really the same, but I remember I was in Salt Lake City one time. Well, one time. I've only been there once. The time I was there. And, like, I was, you know, doing the tours, going around the whole, like, the Mormon temples and everything. And I was talking to somebody and sort of I said, like, I'm from Tasmania. And... This couple obviously overheard me and they were like, and of course you you would know the same. As soon as you hear an Australian accent when you're overseas and you're so used to hearing a certain accent, it stands out. Like it's terrible. You realise how bad our accents are. It's like I've been in America for however long and you're this, oh, you say you're from Tasmania. And you're like, oh, fuck Australians. <laughs> um, and so anyway, long story short, I'm all like, yes. And they're like, oh, are you with the church? And I'm like, oh, no, no. But like a really good friend of mine um, is from the church. And it's true. I have a very good friend who's a Mormon. And like, oh, what's his name? And I'm like, oh, Josh. Joshua Shoebridge? And I'm like, yes. Oh, we know him. And it's like, oh, fuck, I'm in Salt Lake fucking city. And they know, like, a good friend of mine. And then they try to invite me to go to Mormon Church in Launceston. And that was never going to happen. Oh, that's so, a pretty <laughs> close cross. Yeah. So they're my two examples I can think of off the top of my head. Um, that's pretty close. That's it. Yeah. But. I think I one up that is my cross is pretty crazy. I think is so I studied abroad in Europe for a year, and I did a very sort of. I'm not trying to sound pretentious here. It's just the story, <laughs> but I did a very specific program that <laughs> it, it's been running for maybe 20 years, and each year maybe 12 people do it, 15 people. So it's a very exclusive, not because it's special, just it is. Okay. So maybe in 20 years, maybe 200 to 300 people have ever done this. We get it, Noah, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) Around the world, 300 people, let's say, over 20 years. So when I moved to Korea, the same year that someone met, moved to Korea, was actually somebody who 
participated in the same program that I participated in in Europe, which only 200 people have ever done. He was from Canada. I'm from Australia. So we met in Europe, I mean, in Korea at the same time. He was actually working with the same company that I was in Korea in the same city. Wow. We were literally there discussing the same teachers that we taught, the same program that we did, the same curriculum, the same assessments that we did, the same city that we lived in. <laughs> Basically, he did the program two years earlier than I did. Uh, the odds are ridiculous. So when anyone ever says anything about lost of the, the coincidences, I'm like, well, this is it can't almost happen. unrealistic, the fact that I can end up in Daegu, Korea, and yeah. someone who's done the same shit that I've done. It's, it's mind-blowing. The, 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 like, it, it just reminds me of um, when you say, like, you, that's the Lalamite small world. It just reminds me of the Friends episode where they're like, they keep bump, when Chandler keeps bumping into Janice, and it's like, small world. And he's like, yeah, yet I never bump into Beyonce. Um, but <laughs> I, I, another random one, let, let's, let's inflate our egos. Oh, we like, bumped you know, into Beyonce's sister. <laughs> well, true. I danced with her on stage. That was fun. Um, I the, I remember a random one. This is like this is connected to the show. I should have told this story when I um first started dating Mallory, and you know you do the whole Facebook you know official thing. One of her friends comment on it and was like, "Oh, I'm actually really jealous that you're dating the Survivor Oz guy. I listen to his show all the time." <laughs> and I'm like, "Sweet, we had a listener. Should really look her up now, shouldn't I?" But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just, I, I, as one of my fake profiles, I just, you know, That's did it to make it, make it seem like it. Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, these crosses happen in, in the world. It's weird coincidences, but I never thought I'd end up in Korea discussing some. Well, you and I, I have known each other Europe. for years. Like we, again, we met at Weird Al. We probably sat next to each other. I remember this annoying little shit sitting next Al, to me. But we were both there. <laughs> we breathed the same air as Weird Al. Like we were. You know? I mean, I would hazard a guess we were at Weird Al, but we've probably been at other places at oh, the same time before. Again, Hobart. Like, literally Hobart. Yeah. Like, you, you play the game of how, you know, it's like the Kevin Bacon number. You go to any of your Facebook friends and you're only, like, two people removed from, like, other people that you know, and you go, how do they know that person? Yeah. I mean, Hobart's cheating a little bit. Um, but, but anyway, I, I do like that kind of Kate gives the settlement money and uh, Cassidy says, that's not even Sawyer's. Like, that's a nice little touch, I think, that Kate's giving up her settlement money. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, what's she going to spend it on? Palm frongs? <laughs> uh, after we we cut back to 2007 and we're back at the marina, which we saw last time with Saeed, that's kind of the anger point. Uh, and that's when she's saying, you you brought Aaron here and what do you want, Jack? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's when we saw Kate a few episodes ago take off with Aaron. She goes driving and then annoying Aaron, dick Aaron moment. I want milk. I want milk. <laughs> and, and then she takes him to the supermarket and then, and then we get, okay, what milk do you want? Chocolate or normal? Juice box. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and uh, I love the guy there that's like the this is his big break as like a store clerk and she's like where do you have your juice boxes 
uh, over there. He's he's hundred times worse when Aaron goes missing and he runs up to her. Uh, she runs up to him and he's like, "Have you seen my son?" He just stares at her and Kay just gives this look like, "What the fuck?" It just walks off. Terrible employee. Yeah. Well, then Aaron goes missing and then she's going, "Where's Aaron? Where's Aaron?" And then uh, my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting all this time for Bug and Bin Claire. <laughs> there she is. And then um, she, she sees this blonde woman with Aaron and she, you got my child, and turns around, oh, sorry. <laughs> She's a better actress in one scene than Claire has been in like five seasons of Lost, let's be honest. I, I just like yeah. I almost wish they'd got Emily DeRaven back for that seat. But <laughs> well, they did. That was her back. Emily DeRaven's back. Oh, sorry, I found him. <laughs> Why is she just like, she says she's walking to make an announcement. She's walking out the door. She's not walking out <laughs> to the announcement. Like, she's a kidnapper. Like, somebody called the cops on this woman. Is there a... Uh... Is there a page for Bargain Bean Claire? Oh, okay. okay. We're gonna there's gotta be. I mean if there's one for like guy in car, um surely oh, yeah. there is. A woman Vines walking with woman. Sweet young woman, Noah Grove. Sweet young That's, woman. Uh sweet young woman found well, look at the face of her on her. <laughs> She's so that's almost like the Joanna photo. Um, found a wandering Aaron in the supermarket where he strayed away from his mother. Kate saw the woman and Aaron holding hands and ran after her. She said she found him alone and was about to make an announcement, stating that the little boy has been found. The woman looked a lot like Claire with long, curly, blonde hair. Um, where is, where's, like, the, the trivia, like, the casting call? It's not on here. We need an Emily Duravan type. Yeah, must be bad actor. Say, my baby. Played by, oh, the Susan King. Wow. <laughs> I just, I, I love uh, when I when I Googled this episode of Whatever Happened Happened, I, I got an Amazon link to uh, Whatever Happened to the Jesus Lane lot. <laughs> well, that's a good question, Noah. Whatever did happen to the that thing you just said? <laughs> Well, the, the review from Angela says, any student that leads a Christian campus ministry needs to get their hands on this book. It tells <laughs> the tales of how Cambridge students were instrumental in volunteering for overseas missions, particularly large societies like China, and the missionary society was just getting going. Wow. This well, sounds, sounds very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what stands out from the story is that some very things that they believed were under attack in developments in the 19th century and 20th century biblical studies. Uh. Yeah, you lost me like 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying anymore. I, I'm looking here that Susan King, the Susan King, she has appeared in such shows as Baywatch, where she played the character of Stephanie. She was in North Shore, where she played the character of Woman. She was in Lost, where she played Sweet Young Woman. In Lost, the story of the Oceanic Six TV movie, she played Sweet Slash Young Woman. And in Just One More, she played Suzanne Moore, while in Under the Blood Red Sun, she played Background Talent. That's where I know her from. Yeah, Background Talent. What is this Lost, the story of the Oceanic Six TV movie? What is that? And That was a DVD feature. I don't know if it was ever a TV movie. 
Is it is it like just a, a a clip show sort of thing? No, it's a fun little like conspiracy theory sort of documentary thing. You should watch it. Oh, it's got Nessa Carbonell as a narrator. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Cool. Oh, oh, Emily DeRaven as Claire Littleton. Archive footage. I would have preferred Susan King as Claire Littleton. Yeah. <laughs> I need to find this. I'll track it down and I'll give a review. Probably not next week. Yeah, so we we have the nice little uh, supermarket scene, which is fun. Um, before we continue, Ben. Yes. Uh, what happened to Matthew Fox? I don't know. We still have not got any update yeah. in the last week. <laughs> shall, hang on. Shall we? Shall we quickly check in case something's happened? Whatever happened to Matthew Fox? Quickly, um, oh, I've found an article from 17th of November 2020. Your favourite stars from Lost, then and now, from Men's Health. Uh, I don't think we've found this article before, Noah. Shall we Shall we look? It's got View I'm Gallery. I'm good about this. Then Josh Holloway, now Josh Holloway. Then Evangeline Lilly, now Evangeline Lilly. Then Jorge Garcia, now Jorge Garcia. Oh, here we go. Then Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox earned his breakout role on the hit 90s show Party of Five and portrayed heartthrob Charlie Salinger on the series until 2000. In 2004, he landed a leading role on ABC's new drama, Lost, as Dr. Jack Shepard. Thank you for the background there. Now, although Fox jumped into film during the show's run, appearing in movies like We Are Marshall, the actor hasn't had any acting credits since 2015. Ah. He now keeps an extremely low profile with his wife, Margarita Ronchi, Ronchi and two sons. And there's like a picture of him that looks like at a basketball game or something, like with grey hair and clapping. So, Yeah. That's what's happened to it. Margarita, Margarita, Margaritaville, Margarita Rochi. Who, who is she? Yeah, put her on Instagram. Is she on Instagram? We we might be onto something here. We could find her and then we could message her and go, hey, what are the chances of get hubby? Oh, okay. She's got an Instagram. Uh, she's oh, an she Italian does. runway model who is married oh. to, not, okay. She's not married to American actor Matthew Fox. She's married to, Prominent American actor Matthew Fox. <laughs> no, he's not prominent. Let's be honest. Yeah. She was a well-known model in Italy before her relationship with Fox became public. Keep scrolling down to know more about her lifestyle. I want to oh, scroll yeah, down. Please. Meanwhile, oh, okay. If this is the real, I don't think this is the real Marguerite Ronchi. She's only got 1,595 followers. If that's the real one, then we're in with a shot with getting Matthew Fox. Okay. <laughs> if this is If this is his wife, then Matthew Fox is more of a pedophile than me. Uh, <laughs> she looks like she's about 15. So uh, I somehow think that the Google info box has gotten Not the wrong. Not Marguerite. Um, apparently her net worth is uh, apparently upwards of $5 million. I, Okay, I don't want to sound like that guy. But if she's an Italian runway model, I don't want to watch Italian models. Like, she looks weird. Um, wow. Okay. Um, this Shall is a boring... we move on? Yeah, please, because this is a really shitty article um, about this. So we don't know where Matthew Fox is. No. Um, apparently she was married to... Wait, hang on. Is this old? Margarita Ronchi is currently married to Matthew Fox, a well-known American actor. They met in a restaurant in 1987. Wait, what? While Matthew was... <laughs> this isn't new. Was still a student at Columbia. Ronchi and Fox dated for quite some time before marrying in 1992. So what, is this like a thing that they've been together forever? How old is Matthew Fox? Uh, 
I mean, good on them if they've been married for this long. Maybe I feel like I'm making fun of them, but this is exciting. I'm very happy for them. Good on you, Matthew Fox. You could have had anyone you want. You punched a bus driver once. So, like, you know, some women are probably into that. Um, I don't know how old he is. It's, it's taking forever to load. So um, this episode's gotten weird, Noah. We were talking about Fauclair, and now we talked about some Jesus book, and now we're talking about Matthew Fox's unattractive wife. So, um, yeah, I have no idea what you are doing right now. I can see it's a wall or something and you've muted yourself. So I feel like Noah's like, I don't want to know what Noah's doing right now. I feel I'm solo. Um, he is 55 and he's apparently, yeah, apparently according to this, he has been married since 1992. So he's about to do his 30th wedding anniversary. So good for you, Matthew Fox. Congratulations, Matthew. Well done. Um, <laughs> I love this on on Wikipedia. We've talked about this before, I feel. Personal life. In May 2012, his lost co-star Dominic Monaghan tweeted about Fox. He beats women, not isolated <laughs> incidents, often. Uh, <laughs> wow. What a bastard, Dominic Monaghan. Well, and probably Matthew Fox if he does beat women, but Matthew Fox defended himself. Anyway, can we move on with this episode? I feel like we're getting awkward. Uh, so Kate, uh, later after she leaves the supermarket, she goes back to, uh, Clementine. Was I, I the only one who was picking up on, wasn't Cassidy supposed to be from Albuquerque? Uh, are you watching the right show? Are you watching Breaking Bad? Now available on the Oz Network. Um, I don't know. Did she move to LA? Well, people do that. People like Cassidy. What are you saying? That she can't move to LA? She's not good enough for LA because she's from Albuquerque? And then when when we met Clementine, she says, Auntie Kate. Were, were they that close that she was Auntie Kate? Maybe. Maybe they constantly visited. I mean, maybe that um, you talked about the chemistry. Maybe they were together. <laughs> well, I, I, I like when they're there and Kate's saying, oh, I lost him. And then, like, Cassie's pouring her some whiskey and she's saying, I'll take that and go to bed. I'll look after your man. <laughs> I'm like, bloody hell. Um, but then we, our last kind of bit of the flashback, Kate visits Carol. <laughs> I don't think it was possible for this woman to get any worse, but she <laughs> surpassed all expectations. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, uh, yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't understand how anyone watching this or any casting person or any editor can hear her accent and think that's how Australians sound. Like, okay, I get it. Americans are a bit like blase around it. Like a whole episode of The Simpsons about it. Like, yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's, you know, like I put an American accent. I'm not going to sound like a natural American. It's an Australian putting on an American accent. But I guarantee you any of my American accents that I can do sound 100% more legitimate than, oh, yeah, there was no plane on the crack. Like, how do they think we speak? Like, oh, yeah, oh, oh they stored on the car, the plane crack. Why are you talking about? Like no human being ever would speak. Like, I reckon you would get away with putting on a New Zealand accent and making it more sound realistic than this. Like, oh, brew, yeah, no, she died in the car crash. The plane crash? Oh, bro, she dead? Not like, oh, yeah. 
what blows my mind is there must be so many struggling Australian actors in <laughs> LA. Well, Hawaii, right? Yeah, but they could cast them in LA and ship them off for a day's work <laughs> in Hawaii. Like, because isn't she English? Didn't we work this out on the last episode that she's actually English? Like, but that even makes <laughs> well, me even exactly like an English person has no excuse because English. It's, I mean, I got confused of being English all the time. I've been in America and Canada. Like, oh, you English? No. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's more similar than an American accent, that's for sure. But like, like again, how how can you fuck this up so much to a point? Or, or just why can't you just say that her mother's British or her mother's American? Like that's that yeah. makes sense. It's it's not even like it's like oh that's a bit of a bad an Australian accent. It's take you out of the scene, pissing yourself laughing. That's ridiculous, Australian yeah. accent. And the, the one thing I'll say, like, again, I like this episode. I like the emotional stuff around Kate, but I do love the way Kate just goes, oh, yeah, by the way, that's Claire's uh, son. It's your granddaughter. I'm leaving in a few days, so you're looking after him. Like, it's just kind of, okay? Like, if right now somebody knocked on my door and was like, hey, remember me, it's Kim. Oh, hi, Kim. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> this is your son. I'm going away for a couple of days. Look after him. I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> First of all, legal documents, I'm not allowed around children that age. And secondly, no, I want a blood test. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. Yeah, Certainly, how do you know where I live? <laughs> she's just visiting LA as well, so does she take Aaron back to Sydney or what happens here? Yeah, does she have to pay for the flight? Like, it's not cheap? Like, poor Carol? Well, not really. Learn to speak better, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't hate the kind of plot line, but... I feel like, and I feel like we need an American on the line here, but I feel like even Americans would think this is a dumb accent. Like, well, hello, it Nora. It can't be just because we're Australian. <laughs> My name is typical American, Jack Smiggins. How are you today? My name's Mike. <laughs> I'm Mike Ross. This week <laughs> on the Oz Network, we speak oh, about yeah. American accents. I mean, I'm not going to say anything about Americans because, A, most of our listeners are probably American and, B, I work with a lot of Americans. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, can I just add, like, again, I like this storyline. I, I like the stuff it adds with Kate. The scene where she says goodbye to Aaron, like, it hit me in the feels. And I think it also just comes to the fact really? that we get the – well, like – it's sad, but like also because it's that cue. It's the Michael Jenkins, the music. What's that? That famous one? That the what's it? The the main one called Life and yeah. Death. Life and Death. Like it's it's Life and Death that they're playing right there. So like it's every time that comes, you could literally have faux Claire making out with real Claire. Oh, okay. No, you could have faux Claire <laughs> like reading a newspaper. And you play the and I'd start crying. Like that music is just beautiful. Hits me in the feels every time. You know, when I, well, not when I, but when I was living in Tasmania and Muhammad Ali died, this is very random, but I remember I was listening to the radio and they used life and death for lost for Muhammad Ali dying. I'm like, can they do that? Well, why not? Because it's an emotional thing that Muhammad Ali... Oh, rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I mean, sorely missed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... 
I wish she wasn't so terrible because this could be one of the greatest scenes. Uh, I like Kate and uh, Carol, and I think this is a, I don't know what you feel, but I think there can't be really any other better storyline of what happens to Aaron. Like this is the best sort of, and it works in with earlier with the little prince that Carol was in LA for the settlement and everything like that. It all ties together well. Yeah. I just wish she wasn't so shit. That's my <laughs> big problem. Uh, but this is where, uh, so you're, you're Kate and Sawyer, right? Yeah, 100%. Kate and Sawyer all the way. But this is where I completely disagree with you, and this is where I absolutely love what Lost did. And I assume Evangeline Lilly probably loves this too, is the show went on and on about Kate and Sawyer, Kate and Jack, Kate and Juliet, blah, 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 blah. What I absolutely love about this show, I love Jack's storyline for his six seasons. I love Sawyer's storyline and I love Kate's, which I'm, I'm admitting it. I love Kate's plotline. I love her storyline. In the end, for Kate, it wasn't Jack and it wasn't Sawyer. It was Claire. Like, oh. In the end, it didn't come. <laughs> no. Haven't <laughs> we talked about that before? We, 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 we don't do video episodes, but I can see the video and I saw, no, not like that. <laughs> but in the end, it, it wasn't either of them. And that's why, because it was so easy for this show to say, oh, yeah, Jack, Kate. They got together, bang, bang, bang. Jack and Kate, hot, doctor, babies, blah, blah, blah. It was neither. It was the baby in the end. And so many shows would not have the guts to do that. And this is what makes whatever happened happen, one of the most important episodes because, to me, this is Kate's development episode for the rest of the season. The fact that she came back for Claire, she didn't come back for Jack, she didn't come back for Sawyer. And when she gets back, yeah, we talked about the Sweet Valley High, whatever, but she's not really having any of them when she gets back. She's not focused on that. And I think it was the most genius thing ever that what happened with Kate... She took Aaron, she became a mother, and she's going back for Claire. She's not going back for Jack. She's not going back for Sawyer. And I feel like as much as I hate the love triangle, it does not get enough credit lost as a show. That its lead female character in the end chose neither of them. Mm. And that's not going to change. She's not going to choose Sawyer at the end or Jack at the end. Her plot line for the rest of the show sticks to this whole Claire plot line. And that does not get enough credit that the lead actress doesn't end up with either of them. And that's what I love about this episode more than anything. And I'm not Jack and Kate or Jack or Sawyer. I'm Kate going back for Claire. I think it was genius and underrated, and I'm all on board for that. Yeah, look, I think you sell that very well, and I definitely agree with you that it's a brave move because, I mean... I think a lot of, like, this show was sort of marketed around that, wasn't it, about, like, you know, Jack and this and Kate and all that sort of stuff. And, like, yeah, I'm, I'm very much pro Kate and Sawyer, don't get me wrong, but I also don't disagree with them not getting together, if that makes sense. Because like, I think you're right, like, you sell that very well. And, I like, I love that line when Kate says, is it to Carol, when she says something about, like, I did this for me or something like that. Like I, he was, I needed him. Like he, he was for me. Um, so like, I, yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you and it is a brave move to kind of not just automatically fall. And like, 
Colin and I have talked a lot about on movie episodes about how, yeah, like it's the cliche thing, let's hook up these characters together because you have to because that's just how things work. But like sometimes when you don't, it works It works better. Like here's a random thing for you because we love the movie, Quantum of Solace. Like, I mean, you know, like it's a Bond movie. You think, oh, they automatically have to have sex and get together in the end. Well, no, it kind of makes sense that they don't. So, um, yeah, no, I, I you, you did a very good job there. No, I think you sold it very well. So I, I'm I, I as much as I do love shipping my Kate and Sawyer, um, you know, and like I'll say the same thing too. Like, I like the idea of Kate and Jack. I just think Kate and Sawyer have much more of a development and a story that works together. But like, I also like the fact that Kate and Jack gave it a crack. <laughs> Kate and Jack gave it a crack. Um, and so that's like you, how he said it in the episode. You like you literally find out in this episode that they were engaged, which okay, they they did pretty well. Um, so like you know she got that way. Obviously, Kate and so- Kate and Sawyer had sex in a bear cage. That's about it. Um, and then you know Juliet and Jack, like yeah, like they at least give it a give it a crack with Kate and Jack. Um, so, but you know, good, well done, Noah, well done. Best story, best best way you've sold something ever. But I just. Yeah, I mean, this is jumping ahead to the finale of Lost, like the final episode. But I love that they stuck with it. She never went back on this Claire plotline. That's the way her storyline went, and it was so natural and it worked so well. I wish in the finale that they had revealed as she got on that plane to go back home, oh, and I am pregnant with Jack's baby. (laughs) she got to, in the end, have her own natural mm. baby and that Jack, who had all these daddy issues and in the afterlife he imagined this son that never existed, I think it would have been such a perfect plot line that in the end Jack does have a son. He's just not alive to see it. But Kate gets to raise the Jack and Kate baby. Well, I don't reboot. know how you feel about that, but that would be the perfect end to Kate's and Jack's storyline. Look, I, 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 again, I agree with you. It does come across as a bit like, you know, a bit too, like a bit, you know, standardized, like that's got to happen. But I agree with it, though. I think that kind of, it kind of works. But, um, I mean, who's to say it was Jack's babies? Who's to say it's not Ben's dad's baby? Like, Roger. Like, <laughs> I mean, based on what we're going to see in this episode, like, Roger was Roger and Kate, I think. Well, I just think, like, Kate had such an amazing end to her story. I'm not a Kate fan, but I'm so, I'm so on board with Jack, Kate, and Sawyer as their storyline. I think those three have such amazing character arcs that I'll defend to the grave. Even though I'm not a fan of Jack or Kate, I'm such a fan of what they did with their characters. I think it feels so natural and it, it's unexpected for all three of them. And he's Jack, Jack's, but, spoiler alert, Jack's the only one that dies of those ones, isn't he? Sawyer doesn't die, does yeah. he? Yeah. But that's what I, I mean. It's like, well, what happens to Kate when she gets back? So she was pregnant with Jack's baby. That's kind of a great end to her. It comes full circle. So I'm annoyed that they didn't do that in the end. She lives with Claire and they raise Aaron as a lesbian couple. Together. Yeah. I'd and again, she's that. not meant to have left the state. We went over this recently, didn't we? So, like, she's getting arrested when she gets back to America. Come on. That's why I don't think about what happens next for Lost because Kate's going to prison. So. Sawyer's probably um, going to prison. Claire's going to a mental institution. Yeah, Claire's going to an asylum. Sawyer's <laughs> going to prison. Kate's going to prison. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, but this is why I defend this episode because. 
this is such a, I don't think it gets enough credit for being such an important Kate episode. This is the bridging point of Kate's storyline. Like, this is what sets the pace for her final season, really. I'm just and excited not- that you're somewhat talking up Kate for once. Like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like Cassidy. <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's a great film, but I'm assuming you've probably not seen it. I have not seen it, no. <laughs> Damn, I was hoping you would say, oh, no, I have seen that. I've seen... You would like that film. I've seen the DVD case. You would like that film. I don't care how old it is. You would enjoy that film. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> anything to add on the flashback? No, I like it. Uh, and I like the music and get a better Australian accent. Yeah, Carol Littleton, embarrassing. Yes. Uh, so back to the 70s, uh, we start off with Jin. Like, last week his only thing was getting knocked out and this week his only thing is waking up. So <laughs> not a lot of Jin content at the moment. That's okay. Uh, he talks about, yeah, they, 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 went, th- they went free. They they knock me out, blah blah blah. Uh, so we have the sort of meeting of the minds at the the Dharma Barracks. I I don't you love Jack here? Like I have to say, I'm surpassing all of your expectations because I'm not a Kate fan, but I'm not a Jack fan either. I love Jack in this episode. Every scene of Jack in this episode, I love. I love just calm Jack. I think I talked about this last week, but I just kind of like passive Jack, just like oh well. Yeah, let shit happen, Jack. Like, again, it's Matthew Fox just checking out, getting ready for his life in rural Oregon. But, um, no, I'm with you. Like, I just, I can't, I always forget how much I actually like the way Jack turns out. Like, it's kind of, it's just, I always forget because I'm not like you. I, I don't mind our hero, Jack. Like, uh, you know, I, I like all levels of Jack. But, um, yeah, kind of just passive, blase Jack. And it isn't, doesn't Kate at some point in this episode, like, I don't like the new you or something like that? Or, <laughs> I like the new you. <laughs> that, there, I like the new you. Was there a new, um, like, Jack action figure? The new Jack you. Like, here he is. <laughs> I I liked uh, the new I liked the new Jack, but I do like that Kate mentions that. I don't like the new you. The old you would have helped. Like, the old you was a pain in the ass who strangled Kate. <laughs> well, let's be uh, honest, she probably was into that in the bedroom. <laughs> uh, later they have uh, a bit of I don't know how you felt about this I felt a bit wrong about the mild flirting between Roger Linus and Kate <laughs> <laughs> yeah a bit, getting a bit creepy there is this meant to be like a thing where you know we find out that like later on that like Kate is Ben's mum or something like that <laughs> like, like this is a whole yeah. like you know, Padme thing at the beginning of the prequels, like where you kind of, oh, is Padme going to be like the mother of Luke and Leia? But we have we have Roger like uh, getting Kate to help, and I like he's. Can you just do this wench thing? And you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's out of character for Kate. She's like tracking in the woods. Yeah, she can tomboy. track everything, but she can't just like. Pull a winch on a car? 
I feel like she would know what a wench is. Like, that's a bit out of character, isn't it? She's got the one thing I'll say that again, Evangeline Lily's really good in this episode. Like, I love that kind of awkward Kate where she's kind of like, Arr! she's kind of got this little, like cute little smirk on her face, the way she's kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, she just pulls it off very well, very believable. And there's no, no wonder why Roger's flirting with her because here she is old, you know, not doing too well. And she's pulling off a cute, like, God, I would. I'll give it a crack and get shut down pretty quickly. I'm talking about with Roger, by the way, not with Kate. <laughs> handsome. Yeah, I laugh at my own jokes. I'm a great catch, Evangeline. <laughs> uh, we have uh, back in the like the security room. I like this scene where Sawyer and Kate are together, and then everyone shows up. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I'm just getting uh, her to." Uh, Tell me if she saw anything. Okay, you can go now, Freckles. <laughs> Freckles. <laughs> I, I love Horace. He's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> I like uh, how Horace or Doug Hutchinson um, <laughs> is talking about how he's like, well, it had to be one of us, but only three people have the keys. It's uh, Roger and <laughs> who's the other? I forget the other name. It's like Wilfred or something. Roger and. <laughs> Somebody, and yeah, else, I can't and his name. new guy, Jack. <laughs> uh, and then that's when Sawyer tells Miles that he has to keep Jack, Kate, and Hurley in the house, put them under arrest. Uh, and then Sawyer goes out and says, Oh, Roger, where's your keys? And then he goes, Oh, he, oh, I must have left them at home. Uh, <laughs> And then Juliet's trying to save Ben and they're saying, well, we need Jack uh, to help us because he's a surgeon. Uh, and then this is, you mentioned your favourite moment. This is where oh. Hurley and Ben, Hurley and Miles are discussing time travel, which I feel like this was the kind of the meta, the viewers' discussion of Lost. Uh, it always gets a bit messy with time travel about the rules because every series has its own sort of rules, but it, it fits so well the, the, the theme of this kind of episode of whatever happened, happened. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think I said a few weeks ago that if I could just put something up as a fan favourite, like, for a top five, and this isn't a top five moment, but, like, because it's kind of two scenes, because like, he's, he's kind of got that bit there where he's, like, looking at his hand, like, oh, I'm trying to see, like, his back to the future because, you know, we're not existing. And then, like, I just love the way Miles starts explaining it. And then when they keep going over it, everything, and then, like, there's just that line. What does Hurley say? Something about, like, well, how come when Ben was locked in the um the room and then he saw Saeed, that he didn't remember Saeed? shooting him as a kid and then Miles is just like huh I didn't think of that <laughs> like, I love that I just love like this back and forth between these two and then all of a sudden it's just like huh I didn't think of that like it's just great like it's so so good I just love these two working off each other and you're right like it's just it's just meta and like we've talked about this so many times in this show that there's these references to kind of the fans and just kind of like joking it out and I just I just love it when shows do this. Like we did a few months ago, a recap on Space Jam. And like, it's a movie that like people like, oh, this is actually a terrible movie. You're only liking it because of your nostalgia. And we pointed out the fact that Space Jam knows what it is. You literally have a moment in that movie where Bill Murray shows up to the game between the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan and the Monstars. And they're like, how did you get here? And the line is, oh, I know one of the producers. And then they just let it go. Like, it's a joke, people. Like it's taking the piss out of itself. This is why this scene's so funny because it's just basically trying to get there and go, well, how does this happen? And they're just like, eh, okay, 
So, ah, oh, I love it. Yeah, it, it's lost taking the piss out of itself with the time travel. And there couldn't be two perfect people as Miles and Hurley to discuss this. Yeah. And, and we're going to have more of these two discussing time travel, so this isn't the end of it. Uh, but it is so fun when he mentions Ben, like, oh, how come he doesn't remember him? Huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is a great set. I don't know. Don't know if it makes our top five, but it's so so fun and memorable. Though. I don't. I mean, I, I'm saying now it doesn't make the top five, but um, I think this don't we? Isn't it in a few episodes time when we get Hurley riding the Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, some like it hot. Right. Okay, that makes sense why it's called that way. Yep. <laughs> Which I mean, let's uh, be honest. Wouldn't we do things like, like if I all of a sudden found myself in some alternate timeline? Oh, like, and I was in like, like, fuck, Harry Potter hasn't been written. Like, if you told me I was, if I was like time traveling, of course you're going to like, you know, remember sports results and things like that to gamble. But I'd fucking take all the Harry Potter books with me back to 1977, just transcribe them on a typewriter. And like, fuck, I wrote Harry Potter. Well, I mean, I love The Empire Strikes Back. I've seen it, what, 30 times, 40 times. I don't know if I could write the script of that film. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. And this is the thing, though. Like, George Lucas would have been writing that at the time. So he writes it, like, you know, maybe maybe write, like, Schindler's List or something like that. That's not like a franchise. Well, that's what I love about, um, now we're talking the end of that episode, but it, I love that Hurley is writing that, but he's making some improvements to it. Yeah. He's not just writing it. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that episode. That's, like, four episodes away. So we're talking about whatever happened happened. Uh so, so where are we at? They're they're under house arrest, and uh, this is when Sawyer and Juliet are saying, "Well, we need Jack," and this is where they come to Jack. And look, I'm not a fan of Jackass. He's one of my lesser favorite characters. I freaking love Jack here. Saying <laughs> no, <laughs> I already saved him. I've done it once. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. This is this is he's become Gummy Joe. This yeah. is. <laughs> this is what I love about Jack's character, and he, this is what I do. I'm more of a season one to three kind of guy. Well, maybe not season three, but I'm an <laughs> old school Lost fan. But the one thing I love about the later seasons is the character developments between Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. And he has become the man of faith at this point, and it's subtle and it, it's natural. It doesn't feel forced. But this is a completely different Jack to season one. This is not a season one Jack in any shape or form. And, but it feels natural. And I love that he says, I, I, I already saved him once. I'm not going to do it again. Which is not what a season one Jack would do at all to a kid that's been shot. And then I love, I, I saved him for you, Kate. And I'm not going to do do that again. And that's when she says, well, I like the old you, which... <laughs> A fair play to our hero. Like, yeah, I did that for you. I'm not doing it again. So this is one of my favourite scenes of the episode, I think. And such a, as much as it's important Kate episode, it's a really important Jack episode too. Yeah, I agree with you. Just like, as I was saying before, kind of like nonchalant, just whatever Jack. Like, you know, um, and yeah, like, it just, I mean, he's got a point, doesn't he? Like, why do I have to save him again? I've done this before. This is deja vu. So we're not going to get that, damn it, Kate, run, scene again. It's more of a, no, Kate, no. 
<laughs> take a load off. Um, one, one thing I'll say just quickly before this as well that I like the um, the Miles line there when it's like, are we under house arrest? And it's like, no, you can leave anytime you want, but I'll just shoot you in the leg. <laughs> it's just like Miles is so not needed at this point, but it's so needed because like Sawyer is no longer the comic relief. So like we need Miles, but he's so just like there. He doesn't really have uh, much to do. Have we had his flashback episode yet with the talking to the dead? No, yeah. That's oh, some like that. Oh, is it? Oh, there you go. I like that episode. <laughs> we've mentioned some like a hoth more than we've I mentioned know. whatever happened. happened. Uh, how, how are we? Like, is, what, is some like a hoth a, a, a generally popular episode or are we just putting things ahead? It's not That's really a good episode. Definitely not a popular episode. So. Oh, well, I mean, there's, what, there's one episode oh, that I, I know... Guess- is a very hated episode that I love, which was still a while away from yet. But uh, anyway, we'll get there. Is that Across the Sea? It is Across the Sea. I love Across the Sea. <laughs> Alison Jenny, come think, on! Uh, I was trying to think, what is the only episode left that's generally hated? It's Across the Sea. Why is it hated, though? I don't get it. I love Alison Jenny. There's nothing wrong with her. But why? But why? I don't. I don't understand. Uh, this is where uh, Kate goes to donate blood to Ben, and I was I the only one thinking, "Oh, she's a universal donor." Where no. was she when Boom was bleeding <laughs> to death? Yes. Hey. Oh, universal you... donor. Boom! I don't like this episode anymore. <laughs> Boom's dead because of Kate. Well, she was helping Claire have a baby, I guess, at the time. So, I mean, you know. Oh, how did that turn out? <laughs> they could have, like, gone and stuck a straw in her arm. Like, who's a universal do- a donor? Kate is. Okay, but she's giving birth. Well, help me someone give it to birth. Stick a straw in her arm. <laughs> that was like the innocent gin days where Jim was there helping to give birth to the baby before he could oh, speak English. When we thought the Jim was a gin dick. When we thought he was a dick. Oh, dink. no. It's nice now. I like Jin. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, now you're telling us you're a universal donor, Kate. Uh, and then they're like, well, we can't we can't fix Ben and Jack's not helping us. So this is where Juliet says, well, you need to take Ben to the others, which I think is a neat kind of plot twist. And that's when they sort of sneak Ben out. Uh, and drive to the Sonic fence, and Sawyer's helping Kate. And I, I kind of like seeing Kate and Sawyer back together, uh, working together. Uh, and he's saying, well, I'm helping you because Juliet thinks it's wrong for a child to die. So it doesn't matter who it is. It's uh, it's a child. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love this scene when Juliet barges into the house and where's Jack? Oh, he's just had a shower. I love like <laughs> half naked Matthew Fox having to deal with angry Juliet when he's like putting the towel on, like covering up. Like, <laughs> I like Juliet just standing there, just kind of like, hmm, please. Checking him out. Yeah. Well, they've slept together at that point, haven't they? Yeah, smaller than I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see things have improved down there. <laughs> and I, I do like this scene between Jack and Juliet rather than the, the sweet belly high that you're saying. Well, it's a bit like that, but but I kind of like how she's saying, well, why didn't you help him? And then he said, 
well, I've come back to do something. And she said, well, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I don't know yet. Well, you better figure it out soon. It's it's tense and it's it's not Jack and Juliet's sweet reunion. It's it's Jack and Juliet are definitely no more. Because they don't really ever have a reunion, do they? No, this is pretty much it, really. And I kind of like it that way, though. Got to, got to say that uh, Matthew Fox shirtless doesn't stand the test of time against Josh Holloway shirtless. Just, uh, you know. No, and on... uh, Matthew Fox with a shirt, but a, a towel undergarment is a bit silly. Yeah, and he doesn't dry himself very well. He puts the shirt on. He's a bit wet still underneath that shirt. Uh, he's self-conscious because Juliet's barging in on him. Now, let's let's be honest, role reversal. If Jack walks in on Juliet, that's sexist and disgusting and degrading. So why can she just stare at him, huh? Yeah, can't have it both ways, can we? It is an awkward scene of, like, Jack debates with Juliet while he's half naked. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah, he's a bit self-conscious there, our hero, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's just been through a major depression and had a big beard. <laughs> Still has a big beard, but not on his face. Nearly. Ne- um, <laughs> Touche. He nearly threw himself off a bridge. His his granddad yeah. gave him some shoes. Um, lost his fiance. Look at the, I love this episode. Noah's like defending Jack and Kate. Like Jesus, this is great. <laughs> I've been doing this for five bloody seasons. <laughs> yeah, this is finally the episode. It, it's all that Jesus missionary stuff that yeah. turned me around. <laughs> uh. But this is where we have Kate and Sawyer carrying uh, young Ben out. Um, I love this sort of moment where Kate talks about how she went and visited Clementine and they have a little moment. I think that's a great kind of conclusion to the Clementine storyline and the fact that Sawyer knew he had a child and the fact that Kate actually got to visit that child was pretty mind-blowing. And this is where they meet up with old Richard. It's been a while since we've seen Richard. It's nice to see Richard back, right? A couple of weeks, yeah. Still looking good yeah. with that eyeliner. Yeah. Uh, and then I like this where Richard's basically saying, we'll, we'll take him, but he's never going to be the same. Mm. Uh, do you like this kind of thing, or do you think that's a bit of a cop-out for the Ben Liners character? Uh, look, I mean, I, I can see it being a bit of a cop-out, but I kind of like it at the same time too. Like, it's it's kind of one of these things where it's like the Ben origin story, right? Like, it's kind of people complain about the prequels of, you know, because like, oh, do we really need to, you know, see Chewbacca in Revenge of the Sith? And like, you know, people complain about like, oh, Solo, like, oh, do we need to know where he got his name from? Like, okay, some things like that are a bit silly. But like, I mean, it's just a simple line and like, you probably do kind of need to know how Ben became a bit of a dick because, like, I mean, he hates his dad. He got shot. And, like, there's got to be more to it than that. Like, I mean, unless you're showing him as a little kid, like, getting Barbie dolls and, like, burning them and, like, stabbing Charlotte, young Charlotte. I would watch that, though. Um, like, I mean, you know, he's not an evil. He's got to get evilness somehow. So, I mean, I see where it's a bit of a cop-out, but at the same time, I, I don't mind it. I'm just glad to see Richard back. What a man. Yeah, what a man. Yeah, I don't mind either. I don't know. It's a bit of a cop-out that this is why he's evil and also, like, this is why he forgot. Like, he'll forget everything. But he remembers his father and everything. It's just like, he'll forget Saeed, but 
and will remember everything else. One thing I'll say, though, the young actor who plays Ben, like, he's a fine actor. He doesn't do anything bad, but he's not very good at, like, playing sick because he just literally looks like when you, like, play dead in, like, drama class and you're like, uh, like, he's literally (laughs) there. Uh, like not a very good still actor is this kid. I have to say I looked him up on Instagram. Uh, oh, I bet you did. Yeah, he went from being a a, a nerdy kid to a, a Matthew Fox type. He's oh, looking good. Good looking rooster. Yeah, so there's hope for everyone. All right? Are you saying there's hope for me? No. Okay. Yeah. What's what's uh, his name? I want to I want to look him up. Sterling something. Sterling something or other. Sterling Bowman. Okay. Yeah, that's it. We'll, yeah, we'll he went up. from being a dirty little kid, Ben Limus, to oh. yeah, Matthew Fox. He has grown up pretty well. Wow. Yeah, aged well. Best known for The Killing, Law and Order, True Crime, Lost, and Red Widow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Rich, Richard Richard Alpert takes young Ben, and this is kind of the Ben origin, and ties in with last week. Um, I mean, where do you stand with going back and killing Hitler? Like, are you are you flat out asking me like, should I go kill Hitler? Or I mean, if you travel back to nineteen, I don't know, nineteen eight, <laughs> can you kill a child if it's just Hitler? Uh, just quickly, I, I'm I'm liking Sterling Bowman even more now, because uh, he's got a picture of him wearing a OG Mighty Ducks jersey at an Anaheim Ducks game, and he says, "Quack quack, the Mighty Ducks changed my life. Charlie Conway was an inspiration for me to follow two of my biggest passions in life: hockey and acting." Last time I made it to a Ducks game was 1999. It was still the Arrowhead Pond. My mum got me the duck call that I bought tonight over 20 years later with her. Originally, the game was played. Look at this; he's a Ducks fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm on board with him. I'm a Ducks fan. One of my two teams. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it, it comes down to the fact that do you believe in whether or not, like, this is one of these. Like, I, 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 when it comes to time travel, I'm one of these people who believes in the whole alternate timeline, that if I went back to 1908 or whatever, or 198, whatever, and I could kill Hitler, then that's just a new timeline. It doesn't stop stuff from happening. Like, I'm just in, like, you know, the whole parallel line when it comes to Back to the Future 2. That's how I believe in it. So by me killing Hitler, it's not going to change history. I've just created a different history. That's not the question you ask. Would I do it? Yes. (laughs) I mean, like, the whole argument, he's just a child. Well, that's, I mean, so what? He's going to grow up to be Hitler. Like, a child grows up. So... Sorry to sound like a dick and a child murderer, but, like, if I killed a guy who's going to go on to kill six million people, I think that's a valid reason for killing a child. But this is where the lost time travel gets so messy because the name of the episode is Whatever Happened Happened. But, I mean, and that's saying this always happened to Ben. This isn't new. This happened to Ben in the past. What's stopping Sawyer putting that dying Ben in front of the the combi, the Dharma combi, and just driving over him? Yeah. And then he would be dead. 
Because then I guess, like going back to your point from last week, that eventually with what we're going to get at the end of this season, right, they kind of like do this anyway and it's kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, it's... So you think if time travel happened, it's not a case of whatever happened, happened. It's a case of... So let's say somehow on this podcast we invented time travel and we went back. Mm. Did that always happen? Or have we created a new timeline? No, I, I, I think it's a new timeline because let's 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 be serious and think that if time travel in the future legitimately is invented, we're talking a million years into the future, then people would have travelled back and tried to kill Hitler, right? So therefore we still live in a world where Hitler did what he did, they're just living in a different timeline. So that's but that's, that's my whatever viewpoint. happened happened. So maybe they did travel back, but whatever happened happened. They couldn't change the past. Yeah. I, I mean Based on that notion, yes, that's what I believe in. That 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 legitimately whatever happened happened. And therefore, if somebody has gone in time travel, they're in a different timeline now. But maybe them going back to time travel is what caused Hitler to do whatever Or that? That's a very valid point. Yeah. Maybe it happened, was. Happened. Maybe they killed, you know, Jenny Hitler and she was worse than a brother. Or maybe like They've gone back in time and and killed someone else. Like maybe they killed whoever was before Osama bin Laden, and then Osama bin Laden rose up and did nine eleven. It's a valid point. Well, that's kind of like without Saeed traveling back, would Ben have done all of the things that he did? Yeah, it's very true. I mean, that's the whatever thing, happened. Like, happened. That's the thing with like the domino effect and things all that, right? We're getting very philosophical here on the show, but it's like it's like those sort of ones where they're like, oh, okay. Would would you, if right now somebody could say that they know when you're going to die and how you're going to die, are you going to want to know that? Because it's like, okay, on, on December the 4th, 2043, you will get hit by a car. So then you're going to like, okay, well, on that day, I'm going to stay inside and I'm not going to go near a car today. But maybe that's fate that you will die that day. So maybe you're in your house and you get bitten by a snake. <laughs> yeah, so... Who knows? I wouldn't want to know. I don't want to know. I wouldn't want to know. I wouldn't want to know. I could die tomorrow. I could die in eight years. I don't want to know. That's, I mean, look, we're getting very deep on the show, but I mean, that's, I think, the beauty of it, isn't it? That when, like, if we all knew the date and whatever we're going to die, like, you would, it would be different, right? Because, like, you would have that expiry date. You're a carton of milk, basically. So, you know, you're going to get thrown out in like a week. So, yeah. Fuck, yeah, I mean, you can really tell it's like 20 past three in the morning right now, can't you? It's like, oh, let's talk about life debates right now. <laughs> Remember last week when we talked smell. about Ben Waterworth's steak preferences? Now we're into talking about knowing when you're going to die. <laughs> there, there is no real good outcome of that because I could know I'm dying next week and that's going to freak me out. Or I can know I'm dying in 80 years and that's a heavy load in itself. But I think, I think the two, like... Yeah, well, that's true, because if you knew you are dying in a week, you're going to cram everything you can to in a week, right? Live like you, you can't, you know, because you're not. You're going to be dead in a week. But if you knew you were going to die in 80 years, you're like, well, fuck, I've got so long to die, I can just lay around and do nothing for the next 20 years, and then I'm going to catch up. It's so, like, right now, if all of a sudden they said an asteroid's coming to Earth and we're all dead in a month, the world is fucking panic-filled, right? Like, everything goes out the window. Everyone's thinking, oh, God, they got to season five. Why couldn't <laughs> we have a couple more weeks? It took them four years. 
<laughs> you know what's going to yeah. happen now, Noah, is that given our track record and other shows, in the next week they're going to announce an asteroid's coming to Earth and they're all going to die. So, like, this episode won't even get released. So, you know, you're welcome, world. We did this. Oh, there was an asteroid and it, it just got Ben Waterworth and Noah Grove. <laughs> Imagine the luck. It split off An asteroid two. comes into Earth, blows up Ben Waterworth. Split off in two. Oh, wow. At least I'd be no. famous. The only person who died in that, you know, asteroid that was saved by Bruce Willis, except the one casualty was Ben Waterworth. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. The world's reaction. Ah. Oh. Ah. Uh. I would be very sad, but Steak would be very happy. Um, <laughs> I don't believe you on both fronts. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, whatever happened. And I think we can tell that I've always thought this, and this is our last philosophical discussion of the night because I'm drunk and it's late. But <laughs> I've always thought that we can tell that time travel never happened, right? I'm talking about not in the past. I'm talking about the future because we never were visited by time travellers. So, but you don't know. Maybe there's laws in the future about time travellers that they have to blend in, and they're not allowed to make themselves known. But why? You tell me in the future. Like, I mean, twenty years ago, laws did are you made think to be broken? I mean, twenty years ago, you used to be able to sleep with a producer and get a role. Now it's illegal. So I mean, like, it's kind of who knows what's going to happen in the future. I mean, Noah got this job because he slept with me. That's how he got it. Now I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, Two reasons. No, I couldn't do. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of these things. I had a friend once. That was a nice day. Um, that he used to say that nothing is impossible, only improbable. So you would like go. You would literally like, you know, give him something and he would come up with an excuse. I'm like, okay, it is impossible for me as a human being to swallow the entire earth right now. And he'd be like, well, it's improbable. In the future, you might be able to. And I'd be like, well, oh, shut up. <laughs> I, I'm as atheist as they come, but I, even I think he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, all, it all comes down to a fact where it's like, look, you believe in whatever you believe in. Um, and we, we, you know, opinions are like assholes. We've all got one, but like, there's a level of beliefs versus stupidity, you know? So like, I'm sorry, my friend who said that to me once, but no, a human being will never be able to swallow the earth. <laughs> Let me try on the show. Yeah, right now. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> You should no, see the videos of this at home. If people right now wish we had video <laughs> episodes, today's the one you wish we had video episodes. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. never one episode you wish you could download the video for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a firm belief. Like, I'm willing to admit time is not linear, but I'm, I feel secure in saying that we were never invented time travel because we've never been visited. By time travelers. So. Okay, well, let me pose a question to you then. Do you believe in aliens? Because we've apparently never been visited by aliens either, though. No, I believe in that, but we could still be visited by aliens. Well, I'm an alien. Oh, shit, I didn't <laughs> mean to say that. I'm also a time traveler, too. I'm letting all the, spo- <laughs> the spoilers well, that, go. That's different to time travel. Like, aliens, like, we could be visited by aliens, but time travel, I'm talking about, in the past, we've never been visited by time travellers. So, 
Wasn't it um, Stephen Hawking's or one of these really super smart people said that if time travel was able to be done, you could only do it one way? And I think it was going back in time. Like basically they said like future's impossible or maybe it's the other way around. I mean, maybe our our time zone is just so insignificant that people aren't even traveling to this. Maybe time travel is invented in a million years and they're like, why would I travel back to that prehistoric time? May, maybe Hitler was a time traveler and maybe the world was at peace and some creepy evil Austrian-German dude in like 22,874 was like, fuck, I just wish we could change history. And he went back and he did it. Isn't it a sad thought to think that our our time could be so insignificant so that people aren't even willing to travel back to it? Yeah, no, you have to think that 2000s with the internet and movies and that, that has to be a significant time point to travel to, right? If somebody is listening to this conversation right now, they're listening to the Oz Network, this period of time is very insignificant right now in their life. <laughs> <laughs> But technically, if they're listening to us in the future, that's kind of like time travel. If I if I was able to travel in time, I'd go and see the dinosaurs. That would be my thing. <laughs> I'd want to see dinosaurs in real life. That would be the coolest thing ever. That would be my time travel. I was thinking like the 70s. <laughs> Fuck the 70s. God. Dinosaurs. I'd actually go back to the beginning of this episode and start again, to be honest. And like, <laughs> I'd go back to the beginning when you said, do you want to do a lost thing? And I'd say, eh. like, It won't take us that long. It's five years Not later or whatever we're at. Um, are we at the end of the episode? Here we are. Uh, so to end, uh, we're back in 2007. And uh, finally, after like two, three weeks, we get a bit of gummy joe. Um, we have Ben waking up which ties in well with Ben dying. And this, I mentioned this line in another episode, but I didn't, I didn't realize it was this episode that he said it when lock or flock fake lock says, wakes up and says, well, welcome back to the land of the living, which is such a great line. And basically a tease for next week. Um, yeah, I completely forgot about this scene. But, yeah, I mean, we haven't had old Gummy Joe in a while. It kind of feels a bit weird seeing old Gummy Joe all of a sudden again, doesn't it? It's like, oh, hey, there he is. Uh, but, you know, I like the line, welcome back to the land of the living. It's a it's a, it's a, a cool line. Um, but, yeah, that's all I have to add. Yeah, well, that's the end of the episode. Uh, a bit of trivia before we get into it. Uh, this is an interesting one, actually. This is Kate's last flashback episode. But what's most interesting is this is the final traditional flashback episode centered on an Oceanic 815 survivor. Oh, there you go. No more. I, I personally, sorry, I like the uh, the la- second last trivia line. This is the second Kate-centric episode titled to start with the word whatever. <laughs> After whatever the case may be. Yeah, grown. your favorite. Well, we have whatever the case may be and whatever happened, happened. And we also have what Kate did and what Kate does. They just love what? Kate and what? Very original for Kate episode. Yes. Uh, um, this episode's title has a grammatically incorrect superfluous comma. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, 
Grammar Nazis talking about going back and killing Nazis. Can we go back and kill the Grammar Nazis? <laughs> uh, Naveen, Andrews, and Yunjin Kim appear only in uh, reused footage because Naveen refused to appear. And interesting enough, Michael Emerson, despite such being a Ben centric episode, appears without any speaking line. Uh, an original title for this episode was What Happened Happened. Oh, so they Whatever take... happened, happened is much better. Oh, we could have had three Kate-centric episodes with just what. Uh, <laughs> what Kate yeah. happened. What <laughs> The Empire Strikes Kate Wait Heaven. No, I don't even know what I'm saying. Move on. <laughs> uh, any questions, answers, anything we, for the whatever happened, happened? We've got an answer. we got the uh, where's Aaron. So I guess we can cross right. that off. Yep. With Carol Littleton. Ah, there she is. Can we just go back to the line of, if you don't ever ask me what I did with Aaron, ever. <laughs> like, wasn't that bad? <laughs> God, Aaron must be terrified being with Carol. Come on, I mean, Aaron. If, if you left him in, like, the control of that supermarket handler, then yes, don't ever ask me what happened. But, no, I think it's fine. You left him, left him with his grandma. Okay. Blood relative. I've got to say, like, as much as I defend Kate, like, that was a pretty easy explanation to just give to Jack. What did, what did you do with Aaron? Oh, I left him with his grandma. Okay. <laughs> don't ever ask me again. Don't ever ask me. If you want me to come back to the island, don't ever ask me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, gave him to it, auntie. Yeah. Oh, grandma. Yeah, grandma. Grandma Carol. Carol, I'm your granny, Aaron. Let's go back to Sydney. Ah! Fish and fry. Let's go have some fish and fry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Aaron. Stuck with that woman. Jesus. Uh, Where's the spin off for Aaron growing up? Justice for Aaron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only answer, right? The, the, what happened to Aaron? Don't ever ask me. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else, uh, that has been answered or, um, I don't have any questions. How did, I don't know, Loch Ness a while away. Who was the outrigger? We never get that one. Why won't my parakeet eat my diarrhea every week? Uh, the baby cake crying sound is coming to Aaron. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's kind of answered. Uh, what is the deal with Richard not aging? Ah, okay, here's one for you. What is the cabin? Does Is this where baby Ben gets taken back to the cabin? No. That's not the cabin. Okay. Well, good on you, ben. Uh, Lost Season 3, Episode 9. What the hell happened here? Uh, what is the deal with Rune 23? What is the Fortoed statue? Why does Asian man use different names in each video? Why was Libby in the mental hospital? Where did the food palette come from? What do the hieroglyphics, hieroglyphics mean? Uh, what happened to Pierre Chang's left arm? Okay. No, not uh, What is Hurley Bird? How does the Black Rock get in the jungle? What is the deal with the numbers? Have we answered that? No. No, okay. Uh, why is Walt special? And who are Adam and Eve? Where is Christian's body? Why is a polar bear there? What is the monster? We've got what is the monster, haven't we? I mean, not really quite, yeah. We still haven't got Okay, true, right. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Thanks, okay. Lost. Well, <laughs> no answers in this show. Dumb. We answered uh, the questions about time travel. 
What are you going to do with whatever happened, happened? I am going to buy it. I am still on a streak right now. What's that, seven in a row? Yeah, you've bought a lot of episodes for the, a season that you claim you don't like. Well, I mean, I started this off with a buy, a rent, a rent, and a bin, and then I've bought everything since. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, I really am surprised. I'm nearly catching my streak. But the thing is, I'm not rating them highly enough, though. Like, I'm buying them, but they're not getting rated high. I am rating this at number 51, which is my fifth high, fifth lowest buy. So I've got it just below Namaste and just above Because You Left. So sandwiched in between two season five episodes. Yeah, uh, a hold, uh, a hold for applause. I'm going to buy whatever. Oh, yay. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, disregarding Bargain being Claire and uh, Carol Levelton, <laughs> I was surprised at how much, if you had asked me before we started this season, I would have went through by 315, by Jeremy Bentham, by Namaste, I would have said rent, whatever happened, happened. But it's a really solid episode. There's a lot going on here. And I'm all about the plot line about Kate. I think it's one of the bravest and best things that the producers ever did and the writers did for Kate's storyline. And this is one of her most important episodes. So it absolutely shits over Left Behind and Eggtown and Little Prince and... Uh, what Kate does and what Kate did. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is only my second ever Kate buy, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I just want to add, sorry to interrupt you, I thought you'd finish, but I'm being a rude dick, whatever. Um, Hollywood Reporter ranks this at number 29. Uh, they they oh, said the no. very best Kate episode of the entire series, showcasing Evangeline Lilly's yeah. spectacular range. I'd agree with the Evangeline Lilly. It's a good very Kate episode. I'll give them that. There's the fearless Kate who will not run away from a dying boy, even if he's destined to become a monster. And there's a grieving Kate who says goodbye to the boy she spent years raising as if it were her own because it's the right thing to do. Again, watch it again. Again, it's masterful. I think you've used the word again too many times there, Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is one of Kate's best episodes. I'll give them that. But 29, I won't give them that. Um, no, too too high. Yeah, but I was shocked at how much I did enjoy this episode. There's so much going on. And as much as it is a Kate episode, it's also not a Kate episode in a lot of the island stuff. Uh, but it shit's over whatever the case may be, or Born to Run, or what Kate did or the little prince. So yeah, I mean, I've been pretty complimentary to Kate this episode. I think Evangeline Lily did a good job. So I think she's brilliant. I think she's, she's, I think she's brilliant in this episode. I really do. Um, and she's somebody who I feel we don't talk up as much as we should, because I mean, there's nothing wrong with Evangeline Lily. Um, she's a really good actress. So, uh, She just wasn't be, wearing a mask in that supermarket. Take it. Take it, Noah. Just for once. Praise her. Come on. You liked her in Ant-Man and the Wasp. There was no mask on in that supermarket. That's all she I'm wore saying. a mask as the Wasp. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a buy for me. It's not a 29, but <laughs> it's a really really solid episode. I was shocked at how much I did enjoy rewatching this episode, especially after... He's our you, which 
didn't love rewatching. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want to know what I have at twenty nine currently? After what ninety seven episodes? Is oh, it? Hearts and minds, probably. Trisha Tanaka is dead. Oh, no, I like Trisha Tanaka is dead. Yeah, that's my number twenty. What's your number twenty nine, Noah? Do you remember? Well, what's your thirty and what's your twenty eight? Uh, my thirty is solitary, and my twenty eight is outlaws. What hype outlaws? I liked Outlaws. Uh, and just to question yourself, uh, when you said about Hearts and Minds, 47th. Oh, God. There's only one season five episode ahead of it. The, the Life and Death, Death of Jeremy Bentham is at 46, followed by Hearts and Minds, followed by basically every single season five episode afterwards. <laughs> Where did the Hollywood Reporter put Hearts and Minds? Oh, I need to pull that up again. God, hang on. Give me a sec. Keep, just start wrapping it up. I'll give it to you by the end of it. Well, next week is uh, Dead is Dead. Or it's said in the Kiwi accent. Did is did. Did is did. It's a Ben episode. We 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 like the Ben episodes. We're normally pretty high on the Ben episodes. 92nd. Sorry. They had it at 92nd. <laughs> yeah, that's appropriate. I'm back on board with the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> Their explanation is, might score lower than the greater good, if not for the fact that Locke tells a riveting story about Michelangelo, the artist, not the turtle. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on board with Hollywood Reporter for hearts and minds. But Dead is Dead. Uh, we spent two episodes in a row in the 70s, so finally we're moving back to the 2007s. So a bit of sun, a bit of... Uh, a bit of Ben and a bit of uh, Lapidus. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we like the Ben episodes. I don't think we've ever said anything bad about a Ben episode. So a bit of uh, TV's John Terry, movies John Terry next week. Uh, and we get the return of Alex as well. So, oh. uh, yeah, I'm on board first thing a Ben episode and the monster returning as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, I do love Ben. It's a great name and he's a great character. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I, I like getting all the backstory and everything about how they got back to the island and everything, but I think it's kind of as much as I will say a lot of these newer characters, as I've mentioned last week, aren't the most memorable we'll ever get in Lost, but it still is, I guess, part of it that we want to learn a little bit more about kind of them on the island now and everything. So, yeah, bring on Ben. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that's it. Make sure you tell us your theories on time travel uh, <laughs> and whether or not you would kill Hitler. <laughs> yes. I want a message just saying, yes, I would kill Hitler. And I'll be like, thank you, Chris yes, Dixon. Or no. Please explain your answer as well. I don't want to see yes or no. I want to hear an explanation. As Noah is a teacher, uh, he wants an essay. <laughs> yeah. No points for just a yes or no. I need to explain your answer. I, I personally uh, am fine with a yes or no. I'm I'm good with that. I'm Madonna. <laughs> yes or no. Send your yes or no's to Ben and send your explain your answers to me. I'm gonna read you. your yes and no. And the, the thing is, we release these episodes way after we record them, so we're gonna get like messages <laughs> in we a get, year's time. So seriously, I would kill him. <laughs> Lad <laughs> undercover. What? literally will comment on our things and he'll be like, oh, I just listened to your Terminator episode, lol, when you said this. I'm like, dude, we did it like three years ago. I don't even remember what I talked about yesterday. 
Yeah, so we're going to get messages in a year's time talking about, I would kill Hitler, yeah. I'd like, uh, and I would eat cheese. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so until next time, make sure to tune in to Dead is Dead. We're moving through. We're almost at the end of season five, which seems like we just started. Um, Nearly at episode so, 100. Yeah, we're almost up to the big 100. We're almost up to the finale. We're almost done with the show, so... It's taking for long. <laughs> <laughs> Please, can it not come soon enough? Yes. Uh, tune in next week for Dead is Dead. Until now, uh, my name is Noah, and goodbye. I'm just going to go home now. And my name is Ben, and I don't like the new you. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.